Tonight, we're going to be continuing uh, in our series entitled, Taking It Back, Robbing the Thief. How many of you have been enjoying our Wednesday series? Yes? Have you been learning from our Wednesday series? I hope you have, and I hope you've been applying these things into your lives. Um, you're going to see God bless you. And so we're going we're gonna to continue in our Taking It Back series uh, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, John 10, 10, we find our series verse, uh, actually two verses, John 10, 10, uh, and then also 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. John 10, 10 says this, the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. How many know that's true? That's the enemy's, that's the enemy's game plan. That's, that's it right there. Plain and simple, to kill, steal, and destroy. It's the enemy's plan. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8, the Lord says these words, and he says, you will certainly overtake them and succeed, say that with me, succeed, in the rescue. And this is, I believe, God's plan for our life. That these things that the enemy thinks he has stolen from us, that God is, God is going to allow us to retrieve those things back, amen? How many of you need to retrieve some things from the enemy? You need to take some things back here tonight. There's some, there's some things that, that, that the enemy uh, thinks he has stolen from you, but God says, no, they're yours. You need to take them back in the name of Jesus. Stop living in fear of the enemy and stop living a defeated sometimes mentality god says no you are victorious i am fighting for you god says with my victorious right hand i am fighting for you and you're going to get these things back what the enemy thinks he has stolen god says i'm going to give you double amen how many of you want double this evening it's only through god only God can do that in our lives. And so we're, we've been going through that for the months of July and August. We're going to continue. Uh, we have, uh, I believe, a couple uh, Wednesdays left in this month. And so we're going to believe God to move, amen, as he, can, as he always does in our lives. We've been going over topics such as taking back this generation, taking back purity, taking back relationships, taking back courage, Taking back peace. Tonight, we're going to continue our topic, taking back joy. How many of you want to take back joy this evening? Amen. I believe God is going to do this in our lives right here tonight in this place. And if you're here watching with us, God's going to restore joy back into your lives. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Nehemiah 8, verse 10, the Bible says, The joy, I want you to repeat this, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say that again, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now I want you to say it with some meaning right now. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. I believe that you believe that this evening. Amen. And I need you to receive that. Why? Because that's exactly, that's exactly what the joy of the Lord is in our lives. And this is why the enemy hits so hard 
on trying to take this joy from our lives. Why? Because it is our strength. The Bible says that this is what's going to, this is what's going to keep us going, amen? In those tough times, it's the joy of the Lord. Tonight, you may be dealing with issues like depression. Maybe you're dealing with anger. Maybe you're dealing with resentment. These things rob you and I from experiencing the joy of the Lord. God wants us tonight to take it back. We're taking it back this evening. It is, not, it, is, it is not the enemy's property. This is what God has given to you and I. And no one is going to steal what God has given you and I this evening. Amen? You need to declare that. You need to claim it in Jesus' name. See, there's a distinct difference between happiness and joy. I want to go over a few quick items here. And these differences that we see between happiness and joy, I don't want us to be confused by the two and think that they are the same because they are not. The first difference here is that joy does not rely upon circumstances. I need you to understand this. Joy does not rely upon circumstances. Instead, happiness does. I mean, all that happiness relies upon things that are taking place in our lives. You know, if I'm, if I'm hungry and I go to my favorite place to eat, I'm going to be happy, right? I always love talking about food. Why? Because it makes me happy. It doesn't bring joy in my life, but it brings happiness. If it's nice and cool outside, I'm happy. So you can see this summer is, 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 is you know, getting a little bit tough, right? But does that mean that, Pastor Dan, that in the summer you're always mad? No. That's where the joy of the Lord kicks in. See, the joy of the Lord will get you through those circumstances that you may not particularly enjoy. Why? Because joy doesn't rely upon circumstances. It's not based upon what you are going through or what has taken place in your life at the moment. It doesn't come and go like the wind. We know that happiness does that. You know, we can be happy one moment, and then that happiness dissipates very quickly with something that someone said or someone did, or maybe, maybe you know, maybe the weather changed on you that fast, and your happiness goes away. Well, there's the difference between happiness and joy. Another difference between those two is that joy is, con uh, joy is con uh, constant. I was going to say consistent, but same thing. Joy is constant. What does that mean? That means that happiness is temporary. Listen to what James writes in James chapter 1 and verse 2. It won't be up there, but you guys can write that down. James chapter 1 and verse 2. The Bible says this, and it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
I want you to understand that. Consider it an opportunity. You know, many times we may read this and think that, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, uh, laugh, you know, like a crazy person through tough times. You know, you're just like you've lost your mind when things are going bad in your life. But no, James says, consider it an opportunity for great joy when troubles come your way. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, check this out, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, James says, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This is what James says. Consider those difficult times in your lives. See them as opportunities for great joy. Yes, you may not be smiling through it at first, but you have to see it that God is working everything out for your good if you believe that. And when you, when you, when you think on that and when you believe it that God is working everything out for your good, you can see everything as opportunities for great joy in your life. Because you know, God, you're up to something. God, you're doing something. And it's not, it's not to tear me down, but it's to build me up. You're building my endurance, Lord. You're building my faith. See, when your trust is in the Almighty, you can experience joy even in difficult times. There's nothing like putting your trust in God. See, this is one of those roots of joy in our life is who do you trust? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, who do you trust? You need to trust God. Why? Because the Bible says God does not change. He does not change. He, he's, he's, not gonna, he's not gonna be faithful to you in one circumstance and then abandon you in the next. That's not how God operates. He's the same yesterday, today, and guess what? Forever. That means for the rest of your years here on this earth, God is going to remain faithful to you. For every breath that you take while you're here on earth, and it continues, but let's just stick with right now. Every breath that you take in this life that you have on earth, God is, God is always going to love you. He's always going to love you. He's always going to be there for you. When you call out to him, guess what? He's going to respond. How many of you tried getting a hold of someone in an emergency and you couldn't get a hold of them? And you were, and you were frantic. You didn't know what to do. See, God will always be there for us. He's always there and he's going to remain there. The Bible says that we need endurance to run this race. And when I think about this race, I think about happiness. You know, happiness will get you through a 100-meter dash. That's about all it's going to do for you. But you need joy to get you through the marathon. See, and this is what the Bible talks about when it talks about the race that you and I are running. We're not running a 100-meter dash. I tell you that right now. The Bible talks about those 100-meter dash runners that are, that are all on fire and they're all, they're all full of zeal. They're here one second and then they're gone the next. That's not us. We're in it for the long haul, amen? We're in, we're in a marathon. 
And I know that may tire some of you, but don't worry, God is going to give you strength. How? Through his joy. Because the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. Some of you may think, I'm not ready for this. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. God has equipped you with every, with every tool that you need to succeed. The joy of the Lord will get you through. Tell someone sitting next to you that the joy of the Lord will get you through. Someone needs to hear that this evening. Someone, someone is going through something tonight, and they're, and they're questioning, they're questioning God's working in the situation. They're questioning whether they're going to get through it or not. They may be thinking, how is this going to happen? But trust God that through his joy, it'll get you through. Amen? It's going to get you through whatever's taking place in your life. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go through it, and you're going to go through it unscathed. It won't be the happiness that gets you through. It's going to be the joy. So we know that joy is consistent while happiness is temporary. Also, joy is meaningful. Joy is meaningful. If I were to ask each individual here, one at a time, what makes you happy? Oh, I'm telling you right now, you would think of things very fast. Very fast it would hit you. If I said, what makes you happy? You would think of a ton of things, I guarantee it. I mentioned food earlier. My favorite food makes me happy. How many of you, you know, money makes you happy. You know, makes people happy, right? You know, having some money. Maybe having the job that you want makes you happy. Maybe some quiet time for you parents of young ones makes you happy. Amen. <laughs> Maybe it's listening to music makes you happy. Maybe it's a vacation. Whew, there we go. Someone say amen. <laughs> Maybe that makes you happy. You can think of many things very quick that make you happy. But if I were to ask you individually, what brings you joy? I guarantee you that there's going to be a lot more thought into answering that question. Why? Because joy has more depth. Happiness is very shallow. You can think of a ton of things that make you happy. Some things are very strange, I'm sure. If you were to share with someone else, they'd be like, wow, that... Really, that makes you happy? That's, I didn't expect that. But you can think of many things, but when I say what brings joy in your life, you're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to put some thought into it. I guarantee you that this is what will take place in your life. Why? Because joy has meaning. And I, and I guarantee you that when, when you think of answering that question, certain things are going to come to mind. Maybe, maybe what comes to mind is your marriage. I hope. I hope that when someone says what brings you joy, you say my marriage. I pray that that would be your answer. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your grandchildren. For sure, it's your relationship with God. Amen? But you can see 
how these answers are much different than the answers of what brings you happiness. Do you see where I'm going here? Do you understand that there is a distinct difference between happiness and joy? Happiness cannot give you, wasn't meant to give you, what joy gives you and I. Those temporary things that we seek after in life that weren't meant to give us true satisfaction, only God can. And that's why you and I need to stay close to him. See, joy is constant in our lives, and, it has, and it's full of meaning. So it's no wonder why the enemy wants to take this from us. It's no wonder why the enemy works so hard at trying to steal our joy. Why? Because it's full of meaning. It's what God has given to you and I. I don't think, I honestly don't believe that the enemy is really concerned about you being happy. I don't think he's concerned about the thing, like, like you having the things that you think make you happy. I don't really think he's concerned about those things. But he's very concerned about the things that bring you joy. Solomon writes in Proverbs 17, 22, he says, a joyful heart is good medicine. I believe that. I believe that this is, that this is a, uh, uh, you know, this brings good health in our lives, right? The joy of the Lord. A joyful heart. You see someone who's, who's, uh, who's just, you know, just so, you know, I, and, and I use this word, but, you know, happy, right? They're smiling. And you talk to them and, 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 and your spirit just gets uplifted. You know, you were, you were actually, like, thinking, you know, just like some negative things and, 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 and you were a little down in the dumps. But you spoke to them and, and it was like, wow, I, I feel good. I feel really, really good. It was really good to talk to them. They, they have so much joy in their life. That's that joyful heart. It's good medicine for an individual. It's also good for others. Joy, unlike happiness, joy is meaningful. So we see here how joy does not rely upon circumstances. We see that joy is constant. We also see that joy is meaningful. These are the differences in our lives of happiness and joy. So what must you and I understand in order to take back joy in our lives? Because we know that we need this. We know that this is, this is God's will for our lives, is to experience his joy. Amen? You believe it's God's will for your life to experience joy? All right, good. Number one is that God restores. God can and will restore joy into our lives. Psalm 51, verse 12. David writes these words and he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. I remember as a kid, and I, 
you know, as a, as a kid, I, I thought this verse would say, um, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And that's not bad, right? Because when you think about that, you know, that would, that would be like, you know, restoring the joy of my salvation. You know, that would be kind of like someone, someone asking God, God, help me to always remember all the things that you've done in my life, right? Restore to me, God, the joy of my salvation. How you saved me. Restore to me that zeal. And I always thought that it said my salvation, but what David says is, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Now that's different. Because when I say restore, to, restore the joy of my salvation, you know, it's more on the lines of what I said earlier. But when you say, restore to me, Lord, the joy of your salvation, it's got a different meaning. To understand this, you got to look at where David was coming from at the time of this writing. You see, David had just done some unthinkable acts. He even had a man murdered because of his, his own flesh. The desires of his flesh led him to adultery and it also led him to murder. And this is David who writes this chapter, Psalm 51, and he says, restore to me, Lord, the joy of your salvation. What was David saying? He said, Lord, I need to be saved. Lord, I need some rescuing. What he was saying is, Lord, I know that you have the power to save me. And this is what you and I need to understand when it comes to God that he alone has the power to restore joy in your life. Whatever the enemy has done, whatever lies he's told you, God says, I have the power to reverse those things. Whatever things he has taken from you, God says, I and I alone have the power to give those things back to you. I have the power, God says. And this is what David understood when he wrote this verse. And he says, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. What he's saying is your, self, your, your salvation power. Your power, Lord. Restore to me the joy that comes from the power of you saving me. Check this out, because this will make a lot of sense. David needed some rescuing from the life that he created from chasing after things that he thought would make him happy. Does that make any sense? He thought that Bathsheba would make him happy. Then he thought that killing her husband would make him happy. You see, this is what takes place when you and I chase after happiness. A lot of the times, it's not even going to give us what you think it's going to give you. 
Why? Because you base it off of what you think you need. We base it off of what we think is going to give us what we're looking for at the time. And we see in David's life the sad result of that. How David chased after the desires of his flesh, and what did it end up, where did it end up leaving him? In a place of total unhappiness. In a place where he says, God, restore to me the joy. Not restore to me happiness. Restore to me, Lord, the joy that comes from your salvation power. He said, because I tried this whole happiness thing and didn't get me what I thought it was going to get me. Lord, I need your joy. I, I know now, Lord, that this is, this is what completes me. That this is what you desire for my life. I know now. And what a beautiful place to be in that knowledge of knowing that it's only God who can meet your needs. You know, I know, I know God didn't want David to have to go through those things to get to that point in his life. But this, you see how God always works everything out for our good? In every circumstance, he does it. You see David, a murderer. I'm sure people wanted him killed because of what he did. I'm sure family members of the other party wanted him killed for what he did. Think about that. But God, in his mercy, allowed him to repent. Allowed him to experience once again the joy of God's salvation power. That's who he is. That's who God is. That it doesn't matter what you've done, that God will still allow you an opportunity to repent and to turn away from your sin. Not to repent and then do it all over again, but to repent and turn from that mentality from that thinking David came to God with a repentant heart and he knew that God had the power to restore secondly here is joy is found in God's presence joy is found in God's presence Psalm chapter 16 verse 11 Writer says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. What does that mean? That means that apart from God, there is no joy. God is the only one who can bring joy into your lives. A life that is lived apart from him is a life that will not experience joy. That's why you and I need to remain in him. You need to stay close to God. How do we stay close to him? Well, striving to, living, to live a life that pleases him. You know, many of us, not I won't say many of us, all of us know how to live a life in general. You know, I would say outside these four walls, all of us know how to live a life that keeps us out of trouble, don't we? When you're driving your automobile, you know what you can and can't do, right? you know that if you do a certain thing, it's going to get you in trouble, right? If you talk on your phone while driving, guess what? You're going to get a ticket. 
you know what you can and can't do. And this is, this is outside. This is just the world. Well, God wants us to live a life that pleases him. It includes those things. It includes abiding by the law of the land. For many of you who think that that's an option, <laughs> I'm guilty of it many times as well. But God wants us to live a life that pleases him. He wants us to, t- to stay close to him. God says, don't, don't, don't be a drifter. I mean, all that, you know, we can get in trouble when we're drifting, right? Don't be a drifter, God says. Stay close to me. Don't wander away. You know, it's one of those fears that, you know, I believe all parents have with little ones. Don't wander away. Make sure you stay in my sight, right? You're at the park, and you want to make sure that you see them at all times. God says, don't wander away. Make sure you stay close to me. You and I need to dwell on the goodness of God. Meditating on his goodness. Thinking about who, who he is and what he has done in your life. What his word says about him. You need to dwell on these things. Think about all the things that he has done. Why? Because then it causes us to delight ourselves in the Lord, doesn't it? When you start thinking about God and all that he has done, guess what you do? You start delighting yourself in him. Lord, I thank you. Father, you are so faithful. Oh, Lord, I I remember this and I remember that. Lord, you, you have gotten me through everything. Lord, I remember when I was doing this and when I was thinking like this, and Lord, you totally changed my direction in my life. You changed it, Lord. You changed the circumstances. You changed the outcome. Lord, all those things that I thought were, that were going to end a certain way, Lord, you changed the outcome because this is who you are, Lord, and I delight myself in you. See, if you lack joy this evening, make a determined effort to spend time in God's presence. Spend time in his presence. I don't just mean here in church. But in your daily walk with him, spend time in his presence. Invite the Lord into your into your, 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 your daily chores or activities. Invite him to help you. Invite him to strengthen you. Invite him to give you wisdom. Invite him to do all these things to strengthen you. See, his joy should fill our hearts in such a way that it becomes obvious to those around us. Thirdly here is that answered prayers bring joy. John chapter 16 and verse 24. And Jesus says, ask using my name and you will receive. He says, and you will have abundant joy. Man, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, pray. Pray. Pray, why? Because answered prayers bring forth joy. 
When you see, when, when, when you pray and you seek God and he answers those prayers, guess what? You're going to be filled with joy because that's what answered prayers do in our lives. This is just one of those things that brings forth joy in your and my life is he's answered prayers. And so Jesus says, ask, using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Jesus knows, Jesus knows that when you pray, the Father's listening. He knew this. This excited him. I'm sure it excited him to, when he was sharing with others, it brought excitement. When you pray, my Father is listening, so pray more. If you, if you knew how much he cared about you, you would pray more. If you knew how much he was just waiting, waiting to answer your prayers, you would pray more. If you knew the things that he, is, that he has just around the corner for you, you would pray. See, as you make time to pray, you're making room for joy. This is what's taking place in your life. So answered prayers bring joy in your life. So you keep praying. You allow God to answer those prayers in your life. Amen. And that joy is going to be is going to be renewed in your life. And lastly here, giving brings joy. Acts 20, verse 35, says it is more blessed and brings greater joy to give than to receive. It is more blessed and brings greater joy to give than to receive. You've heard the acronym for joy. Uh, you know, it, it, it's Jesus, others, yourself. You've heard of that? Right? This is what brings joy in your life when you put these things in order. Jesus, others, yourself. You get it? Spells out joy. Did you guys get that one? All right, you got it now. Now, I, when you think about that, let's think about happiness. Because what happiness tends to do is puts ourself on top. Think about it. What is going to make me happy? When you think about happiness, who are you thinking about? Numero uno. Right? You didn't know I knew Spanish. I don't. That's all you're thinking about. When you think, what's going to make, I mean, you're saying it, what's going to make me happy? That should tell you already that it's all about self. See, but joy puts Jesus and even others before yourself. Why? Because giving brings joy. This is, this is what the Bible says. It is that what brings greater joy is to give than to receive. See, one of the ways of experiencing joy is to put others first. 
to be selfless. You want to experience joy in your life? Be selfless. Stop thinking about yourself. I know it's difficult at times. I know we need a lot of things, but we need joy even more. More than, more than you need what you think you need, you need what God knows what you need. God is calling us to give, to give to others, to be selfless in our thinking, to be, to be selfless in our actions. This is what the Bible says brings joy to you and I. And as we practice selflessness, we experience joy in our lives. This is a byproduct of it, you can say. And the scripture is full of so many things that you and I can do to have the joy of the Lord. This is just a few of them. We could be here all night talking about things that bring the joy of the Lord into our lives. As our worship team comes forward this evening, God is calling you and I. He's calling you and I to take back joy, to take it back. God says, this is my will for your life is to be walking with joy, is to be serving with joy. You need to live with joy, God says. It's going to be constant in your life. Joy is going to have meaning. It goes beyond this whole happiness thing. And God says, joy only comes from me. So as you stay connected to me, as you stay close to me, you will continue in my joy. God says, keep seeking me. Seek me with all of your heart. Chase after me, God says. You're not going to regret it. We need it back. We need it back. Maybe you're here tonight and you're facing some things in your life and you feel like you lost your joy. You really do. You feel like you lost your joy. And you're just, you're, you're seeking, you're, or you're settling, you're settling for things that just make you temporarily happy. God doesn't want you to settle. God doesn't want you to chase after things that are generic. God wants you to have the real thing. He says, stop wasting your time on these things that you think are going to make you happy. Because in the end, in the end, you're going to be sad to realize that it's going to do the exact opposite many times. And God says, this happiness thing is not what's going to get you through. It's only going to get you through that 100 meter dash. That's not what you need. You need something to get you through the long haul. 
You need something to get you through when things aren't just going well in your life. When everything seems to be lined up just perfectly. God says, because there's going to come a point in time. You're probably going through it right now when, when difficulties come your way. Some of you are experiencing that right now in your life. Some difficult times, God says, I'm getting you through. How? Because the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. It's going to be constant. It's going to be at work in your life. Yes, there may be times of weeping, times of sorrow, but your trust is going to be in the Almighty. And when your trust is in God, believe me, please believe me, you will continue to experience His joy. You're going to. It's a matter of fact. It's a matter of of fact. There's no questioning there. There's no, well, maybe. Well, you know, I mean, I, I really can't be sure. No, I can tell you right now, I am sure that when you trust in the Lord, you're going to have His joy. You're going to have His joy. So whatever it is in your life that you're going through, As Nehemiah 8.10 says, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let the, let the joy of the Lord get you through. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Allow God to speak that into your life tonight. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Speak that over your life. Lord, your joy is my strength. Lord, your joy is my strength. Your joy is my strength. Maybe tonight the enemy was trying to rob you from, from, from worshiping him tonight. Lord, your joy is my strength. Your joy is my strength. Devil, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing, but you have no power over my life. You have no dominion over my family, over my home. Why? Because the Lord dwells in my home. And the joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. So I can see these difficulties now as opportunities. As opportunities for God to produce endurance in my life. Opportunities for God to grow my faith. Opportunities, as the Bible says, for God to make me complete and perfect needing nothing else because you have everything that you need in Christ. Let's give God praise this evening. If you believe that, you receive that, give Him praise this evening. Allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. Allow it to take place in your life tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As every head is bowed, every eye closed.